0: You're listening to the summary of the interview. For a link to the full-length episode, please check the description below. Welcome to another episode of Investing in Regenerative Agriculture, Investing as if the Planet Mattered, a podcast show where I talk to the pioneers in the regenerative food and agriculture space to learn more on how to put our money to work to regenerate soil, people, local communities and ecosystems while making an appropriate and fair return. Why my focus on soil and regeneration? Because so many of the pressing issues we face today have their roots in how we treat our land, grow our food and what we eat. And it's time that we as investors, big and small, and consumers, start paying much more attention to the dirt slash soil underneath our feet. In March last year, we launched our Patreon community to make it easy for fans to support our work. And so many of you have joined as a member. We've launched different types of benefits, exclusive content, Q&A webinars with former guests, Ask Me Anything sessions, plus so much more to come in the future. For more information on the different tiers, benefits, and how to become a member, check patreon.com slash regenerative agriculture, or find the link below. Thank you. You're listening to the second interview with Geert of Heerenbogen, who we talked to two years ago we discuss his recent Soil Investment Fund and how to channel all that energy of local communities that wanting to start their own farm yesterday and not wait until tomorrow.
1: I believe last time we had one farm open in the Netherlands, in Boxtel. Uh, At the moment, we're working on over 20 projects all over the country, from Rotterdam, Haarlem, Utrecht, uh, Weert, all over the country, from south to north, from east to west up and running are this moment, as we speak, two farms, but would we have this podcast recorded about three months, le- three months later, we would have at least four, five or six farms, because we're uh, running up to deadlines for opening four new farms at the moment. So next season, we will have five or six farms up and running. So that's just for the concept of the Hirnbubura farm. But in addition, we have been working on our soil fund. The idea is that investors can buy in and the fund will buy land, which will keep it for eternity in the fund. And yes, we have finished the construction. We have already managed to buy land in Weert, the city of Weert, in the province of Limburg, where we can offer a 2.4 percentage return on investment to the investor. And so this farm is also going to be open this year. What we see right now is that we have a, per, a, a person in France who wants to copy, of, who wants to bring here to France. So that's, I think, a very serious one. Sweden is one and German, but we, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it off as long as possible so we can concentrate on improving our concept and doing things in the
0: Netherlands at the moment. Just to give a very brief, I will definitely link the earlier interview obviously below where we discussed the concept in great detail, but it's a group of families, about 150 to 200 that buys a farm and hires a farmer to operate it. So it's not the families that have to do the farming, it's really a farmer that has then a stable income and is producing as regeneratively as possible. I think it's about 60, 70% of the daily needs of those families when the farm is fully operating. When we met the first time but also when we recorded the podcast is how you tap into and utilize in a good way and facilitate local energy so this is all the farms are only started when there is a strong local community that does most of the earlier work and does most of the, actually the fundraising and the structure, etc. And you assist in that. It's not that you open the farms. Not true. How has that been going? When you have a lot of them starting basically the next weeks, the next months until the end of the year, and probably a lot of them in progress as well. How you're managing all these super energetic local communities that probably want to start yesterday? So that's that's most of the energy is going to facilitate group of groups of people who
1: want to do this. So what we did, we standardized a process. Which is never the process because it always differs from place to place, but it helps us to have a, a storyline to guide these people with towards their farm. And at the moment we have standardized it. It was we were able to manage expectations. You know, everyone wants to start his farm tomorrow, but you have to have the soil. But in more important, you have to have at least one hundred and thirty-five until one hundred and fifty people households to join before you can start. And what we have right now is a team of uh, nine people working uh, almost on a daily basis, just on supporting these groups of people and for uh, these, these people uh, who are locally working on their own Heerebouwer farm they of course are occupied during the day so what our team does is spending a lot of times with these people in the evenings and in the weekends so the effort we have to put is enormous but and, and on the other hand, what you see right now is that communities are finding each other. So we put a lot of effort up front and right now there is a kind of spin-off that, that communities are helping each other. They are
0: visiting each other. How, how far are you? What are your experiences? One of the key aspects of the Heerenburen is that the land is either bought or secured for a very long time. But it's, if it's bought, it's never going to be sold. So the business model of a, a traditional farm in many cases, unfortunately, is selling their land at some point and hopefully for more than they bought it and maybe that's their pension etc but this created a huge amount of issues in terms of inflated land prices and mainly for young farmers uh, extremely difficult to get into the space you are going into a completely different direction but at the same time you still need land obviously to a long-term land because you're building the soil to operate here farms on so can you explain a bit about the rationale behind the soil fund and how it's actually coming to life
1: Okay. But let me remark this to begin with. There is a difference between ownership of land and access to land. And we are really thinking from the access strategy, how can we access land? And how can we improve that land for, in a way, the seventh generation after us still can work on the land and have food from the land? And we started first in, with our own I- initiative, but in the end we found a partner in the Netherlands who uh, sits already 40 years. It is a uh, foundation called here And we are, have been inviting wealthy families, and family funds, etc. to invest in the, in, the, in the fund. And yes, we have yeah. f- uh, made our first deal. So there is a family investing in the fund. We have bought land, the land from farm in Weert, province of Limburg, and the first 12 hectares have been bought. A little farmhouse is still on there. It's also bought, bought, and so the community in Weert is hiring the land from this foundation, and we also have a role as Hilborre, Netherlands, to keep the continuity of the farming. So we have made this triangle agreement and we can work together that with it. So the investor does receive between 1.5% and
0: 2.4% interest. Would it be accessible for the local communities as well, as they are obviously investing, I think it was 2,000 euros per household to set up the farm, yeah. but not to buy it? What's the minimum? Would they be also invited to not only help fund the setup of the farm, but also actually to buy the land of their farm?
1: Yeah, that's exactly the topic we're working on right now, so that this is the next thing to develop. We really want them, we want to invite them to invest and not only the members of the farm, but also people around the farm, not necessarily being a member of the farm. So we want to be, we want to, to work on this dialogue between neighbors and farmers, like okay, when I own the land, we can negotiate. So, farmer, we think these, these are important topics like biodiversity or soil improvement, etc. So, the concept we are working on is that households can invest in the. It's not a pure ownership of soil; it's the rights the, uh, resting on the soil. Right? The ownership is still in the fund, but they have the rights to, to set up, to choose the farmer, to choose the concept, etc. etc. So it's not necessarily just the members of the fund. And so we're working. And of course, we want to have much as here farms on community-owned
0: land. Yeah, I think it's, it's one of those missing pieces and one of the things it's hardly ever discussed. I think it's an extremely time-consuming and difficult topic, ownership of land, but something we have to work on, we have to look at if we want this movement to succeed, just as community ownership of farms, which might be a bit faster than land, but yeah, the land, the land ownership topic is, uh, is one of those elephants in the room that keeps coming back. Just listen to the summary of the interview. For the full-length interview, please find the link in the description below. If you found the Investing in Regenerative Agriculture and Food podcast valuable, there are a few simple ways you can use to support it. Number one, rate and review the podcast on your podcast app. That's the best way for other listeners to find the podcast, and it only takes a few seconds. Number two, share this podcast on social media or email it to your friends and colleagues. Number three. If this podcast has been of value to you and if you have the means, please join my Patreon community to help grow this platform and allow me to take it further. You can find all the details on patreon.com slash regenerative agriculture or in the description below. Thank you so much and see you at the next podcast.